Hare Krishna. Shri Gaudiya Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai. Shri Jiva Goswami Ki Jai. Satsandarbhas Ki Jai. Anantakota Vaishnavinda Ki Jai. Glorious devotees, thank you for attending another presentation on Srila Jiva Goswami's Sri Krishna Sandarbha. We will continue. We are in the beginning Anuchedas uh, of the Krishna Sandarbha, uh, wherein we are dealing with the Parivas Sutra of the Srimad Bhagavatam, spoken by Sutta Goswami. And this is a core element of Gaudiya Siddhanta, along with uh, the fact that the Supreme Absolute Truth can be seen variously by different spiritual aspirants, Vedanti tat tat bhavidas tat bhamyas jnanamadvayam brahmeti paramatmeti bhagavaniti subjute. So this one understanding uh, leading, of course, to the cohesive understanding of Srila Jiva Goswami of achinta beta beta tattva. So this apprehension or understanding of the absolute reality and how different spiritual aspirants can view that absolute reality differently uh, based on their perspective uh, developed over time and in association and going forward with that whether they see as Brahman, Paramatma, or Bhagavan, uh, to this wonderful pronouncement uh, of the superior position of Bhagavan Sri Krishna. Iti chamsa kalapumsa krishnastu bhagavan swayam indrari vyakulam lokam mridayanti yuge yuge. So at this point in his Krishna Sandarbha, which is the fourth of the Sandarbhas, and the first four Sandarbhas deal with Sambandha Gyan, the Sambandha of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is being firmly established. 
And we will find that in this particular Sundarbha, there is uh, the emphasis of the personal manifestation of the Supreme Lord in his own uh, transcendental glory. Um, in the last Sandarva, we dealt with the Paramatma manifestation, which is the general conceptual, the general understanding um, of the Supreme Lord um, in relationship to the world that we are familiar with. But this understanding of Krishna, the Lord in the world that he lives in, uh, is, is somewhat unique to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Uh, you will not find this, uh, this, this understanding existing in all Vaishnav tra traditions. And as we even saw uh, in our discussion last week, Jiva Goswami pointed out that even Madhvacharya uh, considered that all the various, there was not one, one bit of difference between all the various manifestations uh, uh, that Sutta Goswami uh, was speaking of in his um, list of avataric descents uh, of divinity uh, into human society. So not, not, a, not an ounce of difference. Whereas at Gaudias, we see that there is a hierarchy than Jiva Goswami uh, extensively uh, went through uh, arguments uh, in support of. So we're going to continue in today's presentation to read uh, from Jiva Goswami's Krishna Sandarbha, and uh, this will continue for a, a couple more classes, if not more, uh, for Jiva Goswami is truly pounding the post of this, this Krishna conception, just as uh, when his divine grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami uh, brought Krishna consciousness into, West, into the Western world in a very profound way, a very dynamic way, continually, repeatedly, throughout his presentation, either spoken words or written, the idea being the same, Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. We went over a little bit in the last discussion, this idea of uh, hermeneutics, and we emphasized in even looking at the standard definition of hermeneutics, uh, that definition being hermeneutics is the theory and mythology uh, mythology of interpretation, especially the interpretation of scriptural texts, wisdom literature, and philosophical texts. Hermeneutics is more than interpretative principles or methods used when immediate comprehension fails, and it includes the art of understanding and communication. So, taking that part of the definition that it includes the art of understanding and communication um, and seeing that from the perspective of our Gaudiya tradition, uh, we, lo we look at that understanding and ability to communicate uh, with the terminology in Sanskrit of Shastra Yukti. And Jiva Goswami makes a strong case for the fact that Shastra Yukti for the practitioner is more of a praman, more, uh, has more evidentiary value than the Shastra itself. Now, of course, in our tradition and in all the Vaishnav traditions, all the traditions that look to the Veda, uh, for spiritual revelation, um, 
Shastra holds the supreme position, but Shastra's being in the topmost position in the hierarchy of Praman um, also has to be seen in light of our position. So Shastra, yes, of course, is the highest Praman, but for us as practitioners, what is most applicable to our place, time, and circumstance in apprehending the realities of spiritual life, what is most important to us is to receive instruction from those that have themselves realized the absolute truth. So that realization is extremely important. And that realize, realization, with that realization, they're able to give us Shastra that in a way that is readily digestible for us, according to our position, according to our or our qualification. Now, we are going to see as we go forward now in Jiva Goswami's presentation and fortification of the Pariva Sutra for us as Gaudiya Vaishnavs and uh, the significance and the, and the way Shastra Yukti is employed by those excellent emperors of Shastric understanding in our Gaudiya line, the Goswamis. Jiva Goswami is going to exemplify to the nth degree um, this quality of Shastra Yukti. And that is going to be a major part of where we're going in, in our presentation in our in our exploration today uh, of his Krishna Sandarbha. So a quick summary of what got us here. We're now in the 29th Anucheda, and Jiva Swami has begun by showing the universality of the Bhagavat's Pariva Sutra. Uh, that Krishna is that supreme manifestation. Um, and he's, he himself has raised doubts. Um, so just to go quickly over those, uh, a doubt is now raised in this regard. Uh, this single statement establishing Krishna as an Amsi is in contradiction to many other statements confirming him as an Amsa. Should it not be interpreted as an uh, Guna Nuvad or eulogy. And in our last discussion, he went through various arguments um, showing clearly that no, it's not just a way of um, showing uh, some appreciation of the avataric descent known as. Lord Krishna, and that, but rather that it is a specific manifestation of the Supreme form, and that manifestation is um, the, the Amzi, the source of all the other avatars that do descend. So they're not all equal. There is a hierarchy. He dealt with Madhva's argument, uh, and so so many so many things were there. So this this first canto first first he dealt with it 
in dealing with the way that Sutta Goswami presented um, the various avatars and how he worked up to the verse, the Parivas Sutra. So uh, the mystery of Bhagavan's appearances, uh, uh, Janma Guyadhyaya, which is the secret of the avataric, the Zaya appearances uh, of the various avatars, is itself the sutra for all the statements describing the avatars, because it informs us of them, and because all subsequent elaborated descriptions of the avatars made later on in the Bhagavad are amplifications of this first account alone. And there's some reputation here today, but this is to, again, fortify where we are now. Uh, again, he uses uh, another term in addition to parivas. He uses the per term um, in his Anochetas, Jiva does, of Pratijna. Uh, among the statements describing the avatars, no, known as avatars other than Krishna, know that avatars other than Krishna, to be portions, amsa, of the Purusha, whereas Krishna is to be known as Swayam Bhagavan. Parivas, or authoritative dictum, is defined as a statement that establishes a rule where there was none before. And he supported, he showed that this is the first statement uh, of a authoritarian, authoritarian, I'm sorry, authoritative dictum in the Bhagavat, and uh, therefore was to be accepted as such. Again, all these are arguments to support the Varis Parivas Sutra and to refute the argument that the Parivas Sutra could also be seen just as a way of, of eulogizing um, the Krishna avatar. Um, then he goes on in that 29th Anucheta, true erudition lies in interpreting the seemingly opposing statements in accordance with this parivas. Uh, because Srimad Bhagavatam establishes the substance of the highest truth and because it pertains to the essential meaning even of those other scriptures, its parivas amounts to being the governing rule for those scriptures as well. So Jiva, again, is, is, is making very, very profound statements um, in his Krishna Sandarbha. And he's already warned us of, of, in the beginning of the Tattva Sandarbha, this presentation is for those who are seeking the Krishna understanding. So other, other Vaishnavs may not be pleased with the way I'm presenting this knowledge. They may not be, they may not accept the fact that Srimad Bhagavatam is the topmost Praman. In fact, Many of the other Vaishnava traditions will not accept it as the topmost. They would rather re rely on the Vedanta Sutra, the principal Upanishads, and Bhagavad Gita. We are looking for the Krishna conception. Why? Because Srila Vyasudeva, he'd already presented all the other scriptural conclusions in, in the Vedas, in the Vedanta Sutra, in the Mahabharata, in the other Puranas, he put all that knowledge out there, and he himself was discontent. His spiritual contentment was only fully realized when he took shelter of the instructions of his spiritual master, Narada Muni, entered into trance, and personally experienced the Krishna conception, personally experienced 
Swayam Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, in all of his glory, with all of his associates, in his personal abode. Then he rewrote the Bhagavatam, going through all the different stages of realization leading up to the smiling face of Krishna himself in the 10th canto. And again, the Sanatan Goswami, we see that he follows a similar course as the Bhagavad itself in his Brihat Bhagavatamrita. All the different levels of devotees in the first canto of his work and all the different levels of the environments for the practice of devotion to the Lord uh, in his second part with Gopakumar's journey. So all this leading up to the smiling face of Krishna, the smiling Leela of Krishna, uh, as presented in the 10th canto and in the concluding chapters of the Brihad Bhagavatamrita. In this first section of the 29th Anucheta, we went, Jiva went on to show that um, in this manner, it has been established in the view of Srimad Bhagavat that itself, that this Paribas is supremely powerful. Such being the case, then since Srimad Bhagavat overrides the authority of all other scriptures, as was already established in the first Sandarbha, and will be again in this one, the learned recognized that other scriptures as well are to be interpreted solely in accordance with this Parivas Sutra. Now we come to the subsection, the second subsection of this 29th Anucheta. This 29th Anucheta deals specifically with establishing uh, the Parivas Sutra. And he's done that in the very first subsection. And now he is going to educate us as students aspiring to fully enter into this Krishna conception of divinity. And through that Sambandagyan, aspiring to, through practice, attaining uh, some position of loving service to that manifestation of divinity, uh, Sri Krishna in Vraj. So the rest of this 29th Anucheda is going to be a schooling on what we first discussed, that being Shastra Yuga, how to look at Shastra and how to interpret Shastra, which is hermeneutics, how to interpret Shastra. And in this case, that interpretation is the application of the Pariva Sutra in other places in the Srimad Bhagavatam where one could read different statements and not see that Krishna is the original supreme out of Godhead, but, but rather we could be we could be misdirected by misconceptions that would accept Krishna as equal to other manifestations 
of divinity, other avataric descents, and not being the topmost manifestation, as Madhvacharya saw all manifestations of God as equally um, being on an equal level. Now, of course, there's no distinction, but there is also the, the esoteric truths, the ontology of the Godhead and how he manifests himself and, and, and how these avatars descend uh, through a portion of his portion. So Jiva Goswami continues. It will now be demonstrated how apparently conflicting statements from Srimad Bhagavatam are to be interpreted according to this Parivas. In the statement, he, Krishna, appeared there in the Yadu dynasty as an Amsa. The word Amsena, by, as, or along with a part, means along with his Amsa, Sri Baladev. So, Jiva Goswami has, has taken this portion of a verse from the beginning of the 10th canto. Titramsena Vitirnasya. And he's said that this Amsena here needs to be seen and interpreted in this way that Krishna appeared along with his Amsa Baladev. It doesn't, it should not be interpreted to mean that Krishna is an Amsa equal to the other avataric descents. He's going to go through quite a few verses here, and we're going to read through them and just present systematically his Anucheda. And we should be able to, by carefully hearing the way he presents these various slokas that will enlighten us as to a proper interpretation according, according to the Paribhash Sutra. So he goes on, number two, in the statement, this is again from the 10th canto, the earth became exceedingly radiant due to the two partial manifestations of Hari. The word kala, an energetic expansion, refers to the earth, and the word abhyam by these two means by Sri Balaram and Krishna. Thus, the meaning is the earth, which is the kala of Bhagavan Hari, became exceedingly radiant due to Balaram and Krishna. So, the word kala here needs to be applied to the earth. Goes on to another verse, again from the 10th Cano. The real meaning of the statement, O Mother Devaki, by your good fortune and for our well-being, the Supreme Person, who is Bhagavan himself, has entered your womb by a part, Amsena. It is, is as follows. So the real meaning of that verse is as follows. And Jiva Goswami writes, O Mother Devaki, he who previously appeared for our well-being through his partial expansions, such as Matya, has now entered your womb in his own direct form. Jiva Goswami continues. In the statement, thereafter the effulgent Devaki bore within her consciousness, transferred from that of Vasudev, a part of Bhagavan, Achuta, who is auspicious for the entire world. The word Achutamsa, translated here as 
a part, Amsa, a Bhagavan Achuta, is to be taken rather as a locative Bahuvrihi compound. Referring to a subject who is other than the individual components of the compound, Achuta Amsa, would then signify that entity who includes within his being all Amsas, such as Achuta. This interpretation is validated by the explanation given later in this book, Anucheta 90, that when the complete whole, Amsi, avatarically descends into the material world, all of his parts, Amsas, are contained within him. It is precisely due to his all-encompassing completion, Purnatvena, that he, Sri Krishna, is qualified in the same sense by the adjectives Sarvatmakam, who is the self of all beings, and Atmabhutam, who is manifest by virtue of his very own self. So we're seeing a pattern here. Uh, Jiva Goswami is taking verses where if we were simply to take a literal translation, we might read into the verse a different meaning than the understanding of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So as Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Vaishnavs, he is schooling us in all these verses where we're seeing these terms kala and amsa, need, you need to apply the Pariva Sutra to these verses and then translate them in accordance with that understanding. Krishna stu Bhagavan Swayam. He goes on. And this is an interesting argument he makes here. The common people of Mathura, who are not very knowledgeable, also said, these two, Balaram and Krishna, have appeared here in the house of Vasudev as Amsas of Bhagavan Hari himself, who is Narayan. Here also, by the inspiration of Saraswati, the word Amsena means along with all their umsas. Now, Jiva Goswami is going to go deeply into this later in the Krishna Sandarbha. He's mentioned the 90th Anucheda uh, regarding when Krishna comes, all of the various other manifestations of the Lord are included within his being. They're all originally coming from him, and because of that, they never really leave him. They are part of his essential nature. So that, of course, will be comprehensively covered later, but Jiva Goswami is already bringing into the discussion um, here in looking at various statements from the Bhagavatam. Um, that logic and that spiritual understanding. Some commentary to further bring this point home. Sri Goswami here comments that the statement is made by those who are not particularly well-versed in scriptural conclusions, implying that it cannot be taken as authoritative in an absolute sense. In other words, it's not that the statement of the made by those present in the wrestling arena um, is to be given a, a, be given a position of, of, of complete spiritual authority. This is a observation of the common people as to the nature of Krishna and Balaram when they entered the wrestling arena. So they're not those, the individuals that are speaking the verse 
are not in the position of being a teacher. Uh, they're just making a casual observation. And their observation, their statement in regards to Krishna and Balaram is based on their particular uh, level of understanding. And these are not, the people that made this statement are not, uh, they're not really well-versed in scriptural conclusions. They're not from the Brahminical class. They're not, they're not teachers in, in society of spiritual um, revelation. Nevertheless, even if accepted as it is, all right, so you want to make them spiritual teachers. The word amsena is to be understood as meaning along with all their parts. The intent would then be to say, these two have appeared here in the house of Vasudev, along with all the amsas of Bhagavan Hari himself, who is Narayan. So Jiva looks at it from both ways. He, first of all, looks at it from the, from the fact that uh, the those speaking the verse are not well-versed in scripture and scriptural conclusions. But if you want to accept them as authorities, then the, the statement that they made in this way in light of the Parivas Sutra. Again, the ruling authority of the Parivas. Jiva Goswami continues in his Anucheda. And similarly, those two Krishnas, Krishna and Arjuna, who are the supports of the Yadu and Kuru dynasties, are Amsas of Bhagavan Hari, who appeared in this world to relieve the earth of its burden. Jiva Goswami goes on to say, in this verse, verse the word agato, is in past, is a past passive participle used in the active voice. And the word Krishnao is the dual number of the accusative case. From this perspective, the meaning of the verse is as follows. These two, known as Nara and Narayan, are umsas of the Purusha, who is the seed of the various avatars. Being the subjects of the verb, it is they who came to Krishna and Arjuna, who are taken as the objects of the sentence. So now Jeeva's taking an approach of looking to the particular Sanskrit words and giving us, and looking at those words and giving us an explanation of those words that comprise the sloka from the fourth canto uh, that corresponds with the Parivas Sutra. Again, we see this excellence, this emperor position of, uh, of Jiva Goswami uh, in his uh, translation, keeping at, a for, at the forefront of the entirety of his presentation of what's in the Srimad Bhagavatam a presentation that conforms perfectly to the Pariva Sutra of the Bhagavatam spoken by Sutta Goswami. Jiva Goswami continues, the meaning is that they, Nara and Narayan, entered into them, Arjuna and Krishna. How are these two Krishnas depicted? They have appeared to relieve the burden of the earth. The word cha also implies that in addition, they have appeared to display 
their other pastimes, which are pleasing to the devotees, Adu, Kurud, Bahal, referring to Krishna and Arjuna, means the two who have appeared in the Yadu and Kuru dynasties, respectively. Jiva Goswami continues. And again, we're, we're, we're going a little more deeply into this, this particular understanding in regards to Nara and Narayan, these manifestations of Krishna and Arjuna. And it's a, a very interesting intellectual uh, pursuit that Jiva is taking us on. The statement from the Agama, Nara entered into Arjuna, whereas Krishna into Narayan himself, specifically shows that Nara entered into Arjuna. He, however, who is spoken of as the eternally self-established Narayan himself in statements such as, you are you not Narayan, the self of all embodied beings? That's spoken by Brahma to Krishna. It is again Sri Krishna implying that it is he who manifests as Narayan and not vice versa. So you can see Jiva is unpacking and he's taking us. Now let's go to, let's look at this in perspective. Lord Brahma himself brings out the proper perspective in his prayers after he was after the Brahma of the Mohan Leela. Are you not Narayan, the self of all embodied beings? You are, you're here before me as Krishna. So he's, Jiva's saying, Brahma is supporting the idea that Narayan is manifested from Lord Krishna. This is to be understood as the intended meaning here as deduced from the following logical principle. And now he looks at it from another vantage point. Marriage and friendship should take place place between those who are equal to each other in wealth, birth, influence, appearance, and future prospects, but never between a superior and an inferior. As it is said in the Vishnu Dharma, one who knows you, Arjuna, knows me, Krishna, and one who follows you follows me. O son of Pandu, I know you to be non-different from myself. This statement by Bhagavan Sri Krishna himself spoken to Arjuna indicates that Arjuna's friendship with Krishna is more complete than that of Nara towards Narayan. Thus, Nara's entry into Arjuna, that of a part into the whole, is quite appropriate. Now, this is Shastra Yukti. This is Jiva Goswami saying, Krishna and Arjuna are friends, and friends are equals. And because Narayan is subservient to the Krishna manifestation of divinity, that Narayan is coming forth from Krishna, and Arjuna and Krishna are friends, they're equal. So the Nara manifestation is also coming forth from Arjuna. Very interesting spiritual logic here. The spiritual logic that lets us enter into the mysteries of the Bhagavat Purana. Wonderful spiritual logic that, that this is why Jiva Goswami is recognized as the the topmost logician, uh, and he's he's he we fall at his feet for being able to bring to our attention 
these kinds of conclusions that teach us how the viewpoint, the Shastra Yukti, is properly put forth um, by the Lord and his associates. So when the Lord personally comes uh, as a sadika and with sadikas, sadikas, siddhas, as they come in this way, uh, Krishna and his eternal associates to teach us by both their example and by their me the methodology of their approach to Shastra. Uh, it, it allows us to enter into these secret, these are secret understandings, secret of secrets, which are revealed to the most intimate associates. And here, Lord Chaitanya has come and he has broken open the secrets and the and the and the the most profound revelations available in the Bhagavatam so that we can enter into the the most profound revelation in relationship to the Supreme Lord. So much so that Artha, Dharma, Kama, Moksha is tossed aside by the Gaudias. I have no desire for any of those things. Lord Chaitanya speaks to us in his exhausticum. And as for liberation, if I'm involved, in this kind of revelation in relationship to Krishna, what need is there? I need to go nowhere. I am in the shelter of, of Krishna. He is there. He's speaking to me directly through the sadhus, through the Bhagavatam. This association is as much being in Krishna's personal association as is ne needed. And if through some development of, of profound love, uh, it matures uh, to what would one would call liberation, uh, that's okay too. Some commentary in regards to this. Krishna is called Narayan because he is the source of Narayan and thus has the qualities of Narayan. It is for this reason that Brahma addressed Krishna as Narayan in his prayers. If Krishna is the source of Narayan, then Arjuna cannot be a partial manifestation of Nara. Friendship is between equals. So if Krishna is superior to Narayan, then his friend Arjuna must be superior to Nara who is a friend of Narayan. Therefore, the meaning of the word Naravesha, an ingression of Nara, is that Nara entered into Arjuna. Jiva Goswami continues. Sometimes the use of the word Amsa is understood to mean resembling an Amsa. Because although complete, Krishna is not clearly manifest to common people as indicated in the Gita. I am not manifest to all being covered by my yoga maya. Consequently, he merely appears as an amsa to such people. Shiva Goswami is again. There are people that are only going to see Krishna as an amsa. And Krishna even spoke of this to Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita. I'm sometimes covered by my internal potency in such a way that they can't see my complete divinity. They cannot 
enter into the mystery of Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam. He goes on, for example, in the verse, Krishna is equal to Narayan in qualities, Narayana Samogunai. Garga's sole intention is to show that Narayan, who is the very Lord of Vaikuntha, is equal to Krishna in qualities. Again, Jiva giving a, a more profound um, entrance into Garga's statements. Uh, regarding uh, Krishna's position, his horoscope, and some commentary in this regard. During Krishna's name-giving ceremony, Gargacharya said that Krishna has qualities equal to Narayan. In this regard, the objection may be raised that when one thing is compared, upameya, to another, upamana, it is normally understood that the object with which anything is compared is superior in quality to the subject of comparison. For example, when it is stated that a person's face is as beautiful as the moon or a lotus flower, it is the moon or lotus that is superior. Following this logic, if Krishna is compared to Narayan, then Narayan should be understood as superior to Krishna. If such were the case, then Krishna would, could not be Swayam Bhagavan. To this, Sri Jiva Goswami replies that the phrase Narayana Sama equal to Narayan is a Bahu Vrihi compound. And thus it means one to whom Narayan is equal in qualities. Again, proper interpretation uh, by the sadhus specifically in this case, Srila Jiva Goswami, uh, of uh, a verse from the Bhagavatam, showing its meaning in light of the Parivasutra. Garga draws a comparison to Narayan, whom Nanda Maharaj would have considered as God himself, simply to glorify Krishna. But neither Nanda nor any of the cowherds took it as a literal statement, just as it is just as it is said on the arrival of a new bride into the household, Lakshmi Devi has come into our house. So again, putting the statement from the Bhagavatam in the context in which it was spoken also assists us in understand, a deeper esoteric understanding. So when we see Gargacharya's statement in that regard uh, and the audience to whom he was speaking, uh, it, it perfectly reconciles with the time and the place and the circumstance. In our next class, we will continue into the third subsection of the Anucheda, the 29th Anucheda, and we will dive deeply into the Mahakalapura episode, uh, which is Jiva Goswami has gone first to specific verses in the Bhagavatam, which we, some of which we covered uh, today uh, with his assistance in the second subsection of this Anucheda. And in the next subsection, uh, we'll go into an entire narration and how that narration needs to be seen in light of the Parivastutra. With that, I will conclude uh, today. I'll be glad to answer any questions if there are any. Dual Prabhu, can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Okay. Yeah, I, even though you explained it so nicely, and I don't know, I can't get how Nara entered into Arjun. <laughs> I just, 
pitch like, I can't get it. I, I don't get it. <laughs> well, it's a very esoteric understanding that Jiva Goswami is applying to the situation. And his, his application is based upon the intimacy on the topmost level of, of spiritual revelation, the intimacy between Krishna and his eternal associates. Truly, those that are in friendship with Krishna are equal and so much so that in Vraj Bhakti, in Vraj, they're seen as equal in every way. Now, the love of the Krishna's friends, and Arjuna's a friend, but he's a, um, a Puri Sambandha. He's, he's a friend in, in the city, but still the friendship is there. But there's an underlying appreciation for, the, for Krishna's position of Ashwarya in relationship to his godhood. However, the, the force of that friendship is still what Jiva Goswami is using as his, his, his um, explanation of the fact that they are equals. So in Raj, we know that Krishna sees his friends as equal in every way. Sometimes he even carries them on his shoulders. They don't see the, the divinity of Krishna in any way there. He's just, he's one, one, of a, one of them, and they love him. And, but they all love him the most. Uh, and that was completely brought out in the Brahma Vimohan Leela, how even though Everybody in Vraj, of course, they love each other immensely, but their, their topmost spiritual emotion in love flows towards Krishna, no matter what their relationship may be, whether it's Sambandha Nuga or Kama Nuga. The love runs and flows towards Krishna. But his love is flowing back to them, and there's nothing that, that he does not give to them, including all of his opulence, all of his power. So they're friends in every way, and they're equals in every way in Vraj Bhakti. Jiva is taking that understanding of the deep friendship between Krishna and his eternal associates. He's taking it and he's using that as a praman to establish the fact that when there's statements in the Bhagavatam regarding these other manifestations of Krishna Arjuna, Nara and Narayan, when he's making those statements, we can see the relative position of those manifestations of Krishna and Arjuna, respectively, Narayan and Nara. We can see them in light of this most esoteric of spiritual understandings of the equality between Krishna and his friends. So because of that equality on the topmost level of Sakya between Krishna and Arjuna, because they are that close, it necessarily follows that other manifestations of them would be subordinate to them in that topmost relationship. Does that kind of make it clear? Yeah, that helped a lot. Um, 
just the last sentence. I need a little more clarity on that. But I get, I get it, I get it, except for he started saying other manifestations. Okay, what did you say again? The last sentence. Well, these are other manifestations. Narayan is the manifestation of Krishna. Yeah. Narayan is coming forth from Krishna. And what Jiva is saying is it naturally follows because Narayan is friends with Nara. So they're equal and they're on a lower level. There's a hierarchy yeah. and Krishna's at the top. Krishna and Arjuna are at the top. Nara and Narayan are below them. So Nara naturally is below Arjuna and we must see that Nara is coming forth from Arjuna, not the other way around, which is the way some people could interpret some statements in the Bhagavatam. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. <laughs> it is very esoteric. <laughs> yes, it is. It's, it is wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for that great explanation, though. That really helped me a lot. Hare Krishna. <laughs> if there are no other questions, I'll take your leave. And sincerely thank you for your association. Panchakopatu Bhishcha, Kripasin Bhivacha, Patitanam Pabanebio Vaishnavijunamo Nabaha. Lal Chandra Prabhu ki jai. Krishna Kirtana Ghanana Tanapano Premamritam Bani Thank you.